Deborah. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with such joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for the sponsor, Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Roller Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith Blue in seven different flavors, Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to step up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the brand new code CADABRA, that's C-A-D-A-B-R-A, to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. That's C-A-D-A-B-R-A at checkout. And welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now. But when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, we'll be diving into a brand new series on the show called Shroom to Shroom, where I'll be talking to passionate mycologists and mushroom enthusiasts about a wide range of topics from functional to psychedelic mushrooms. Today, I'll be talking with Dr. Rob Silver, a nationally recognized expert in veterinary herbal and nutraceutical medicines, medicinal mushrooms, veterinary CBD and cannabis therapeutics, to find out more about his thoughts on the integration of mushrooms and cannabis into our pet's health. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I'm making immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I'm not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Before we get started, I must ask how you're doing. I'm doing just great. How about yourself, Miss Cadabra? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. So can you start out by introducing yourself for the lovely folks at home? Yes, I can do that. <laughs> My name is Rob Silver. I'm a doctor of veterinary medicine. I have been for 40 years. And um, I specialize in the blending of alternative medicine with conventional medicine. We call that integrative medicine. And I have a particular special interest in the use of cannabis and the use of medicinal mushrooms, not so much psilocybin, but the other mushrooms um, in our pets. And I think there's a lot of information that pet parents need to know that I'd like to share with them. Of course. And I had some listeners reaching out to me that were very inquisitive about integrative pet health. And now I'm so glad to have you on the show to enlighten myself and them about this very topic. I'm excited to be here. Of course. So what makes you so passionate about cannabis and medicinal mushrooms? Well, uh, 
Cannabis comes from my history. I, I, um, I started using cannabis back before it was legal when I was 16. Um, I'm 74 now. <laughs> so um, I've been very fond of it. And I was so surprised to hear that it also had medicinal properties. And um, But as a veterinarian and as an herbalist, because I, I hadn't thought of it that way but this was you know way back when and i started looking into that and this was you know colorado legal i'm in colorado colorado legalized um medicinal cannabis in, in the year 2000 so it got me thinking way back then and when i started looking at the research it was like wow this stuff's pretty amazing so i started using it in my patients and then with Mushrooms, I've always been interested in the use of mushrooms for improving immune system function and other other purposes. And it's just now there are more resources available for good quality mushroom extracts that we can use in our pets and a lot more research that allows me to understand the best ways to use it. So um, I'm passionate about both of them because I think that they can they can solve some problems or at least help with some problems that conventional drugs and surgery are not that good at. And, you know, my main interest is taking care of our pets and seeing that they're healthy and they're happy and they're not suffering. And I think these two uh, particular substances really have a, can have a huge amount of benefit for our pets. And that's why I'm so passionate. Okay. So was there anything in particular that got you into integrative veterinary medicine? Anything that just kind of sparked your motivation to start studying it? Mm -hmm. Well, when I was um, when I graduated from vet school, and that was back in the dark ages in 1982, um, I thought I knew everything. And when I started actually, you know, as a, you know, just a, a brand new vet in practice, and um, it took me a couple of years, but I started finding myself not able to treat some patients who had very complex, complicated diseases, particularly things like um, chronic diseases like cancer or diabetes or, or, um, or hormonal issues or dermatitis, that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, their conventional approaches to these were using drugs that were very strong and had very bad side effects and didn't really work that well. So um, that's what started me on my journey trying to find better tools to address some of these more complicated problems that I was seeing every day, you know, in the pets that were coming into my practice. Okay. So yeah. sorry about that. To dive right in, how safe is it to give our pets cannabis and medicinal mushrooms? Well, you know, they say the difference between a, a, a drug and a poison is dosage. So um, it is safe as long as you follow certain guidelines. Now, I will say that when we talk about cannabis, and we use, when I use the word cannabis, I'm including you know, the medicinal um, THC dominant forms of cannabis, as well as the medicinal CBD dominant forms of cannabis. We call the CBD dominant forms of cannabis hemp. We call the THC dominant forms of cannabis cannabis. We used to call it marijuana, but we don't like to use that word anymore. So the THC itself is dogs. Dogs are very special in terms of how they receive THC. Mm. It's been found from from studies into the THC receptors in the brain of the dog, which are called the CB1 receptors. That these that the dog has more THC receptors in its brain, especially in its hind brain and its and cerebellum, than any other animal that's ever been studied. 
In fact, it has so many receptors for THC in its, high, in its cerebellum and hindbrain that before they had laboratory analyses to test for THC, when they would capture smuggled shipments of marijuana, they'd feed it to a dog. And if the dog had this very special reaction that only dogs have to THC, they had enough evidence they could convict in court. So I think THC can be good for dogs, but it can be very dangerous as well. Many dogs wind up getting sent to the ER when they accidentally scarf up an owner's edible, you know, on a coffee table or something like that. We even have records. I mean, marijuana is is pretty non-toxic for humans. I don't think there's ever been any report of a human that's died, you know, from a marijuana overdose. But dogs are so sensitive and because it affects their hindbrain, which has to do with breathing and thermoregulation and other types of, you know, heart rate, other types of important concerns like that, it could be a problem. It could be life-threatening. Now, most of the times that we've seen fatalities in dogs being given THC, they also were being given other toxins like chocolate because, you know, edibles commonly, you know, are made with chocolate. Yeah. So THC is powerful and can be a very good aspect of the cannabis plant, but in the dog, it needs to be approached very, very carefully. And because THC is a schedule one, according to the DEA's controlled substance um, schedule, it's illegal for a veterinarian to dispense it or probably even to recommend it. I mean, I might be getting into trouble just talking about it here, who knows, you know? But that's why veterinarians are very quiet, you know, about any recommendations because they don't want to get themselves into trouble. On the other hand, I think that there's pets out there that could benefit from the use of THC if it was given to them appropriately, if it was done right. So I'm in the process of writing a book that I'm going to be publishing soon that will help guide pet parents in the use of T in the safe use of THC for their pets because it's so widely available these days. You know, in so many states that have adult use, you know, any any Yahoo with a driver's license could walk into a dispensary and and pick up some THC, give it to their pet, you know, and send them right to the ER. And so I think that pet parents need to be informed. They need information. And vets aren't going to be doing it because they're scared they're going to lose their license or go to jail because it's a Schedule 1. So it's a complicated issue. But um, I think that both of the both, but I think that cannabis can be used safely, but you have to be careful about the THC. Okay. So that's very interesting because what I heard prior to this was don't like any level of THC at all was dangerous to give your dog because of course this specific reaction that they would have to it where some of them would just kind of, it seemed like not really losing consciousness, but losing mobility. Well, it's a lot easier to tell people not to use something than to explain mm -hmm. to them how complicated it is to do it safely because it is complicated and it does take time. And I, this is one reason why I think it's wrong that veterinary are not allowed to be part of this conversation because you really do need a veterinarian, I think, to help a pet parent figure out how to get started with the THC because you're using very low dosages. You have to dose it. You have to, first of all, make certain that you've got an extract that you're comfortable that the analysis of it in terms of the percentage of THC is accurate. I mean, if you don't have an accurate analysis for THC, 
I think you're in trouble. I think you're standing a high risk of, of giving the dog too much and getting into that right. situation. But if you've got an accurate analysis and you know what the weight of the animal is, then we can apply a dosing scheme using the concentration and the weight to start them so low that it's, it's as low as hemp or even lower, you know? And then we find that dogs establish a tolerance to THC if they're given it, you know, over a period of a week or two, which means that you can give them more THC, but they don't get this, this, this reaction that they get. Instead, they just get sedated and calmer and it could help with their pain. I think that, that THC is a, is a great, um, cannabinoid, but I don't think it's necessary for most situations. I think CBD, I think some of the other cannabinoids, CBG, the acidic cannabinoids, CBDA and CBGA are showing themselves to be very potent anti-inflammatory pain meds. And we don't need the THC and we don't need to take that risk and we don't need to deal with a schedule one. So I have my own line of products, which I call Doc Silver Naturals. I've got CBD and CBG in these and they do fantastic with these painful animals, with these epileptics. And of course, you don't want to use THC in an epileptic either, because THC can, can cause epilepsy. So that's why, although some people think that, that broad spectrum is not as good as full spectrum, this is why I suggest the use of broad spectrum in dogs, especially because of their extra special sensitivity to THC. We see some dogs that get a standard hemp product that has, you know, less than three tenths of a percent THC in it, and they still have a THC reaction just because they're so sensitive. So I think it's better to use a broad spectrum. And then when you need to really use THC for some specific purpose, then you bring that in and you get an accurate amount of it and you titrate in, you gradually introduce it in small amounts. It takes, it's, it's, it's a process. <laughs> it's all I can say. Okay. Okay. Yes. Like, like you said, it is more complicated than just saying, don't do it. <laughs> it, it should really be done under veterinary supervision. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. veterinarians aren't going to do that because they're not allowed to talk about THC. This is what's, and this is wrong because, you know, as each state legislator, legislation, each state's legislature passed legislation, you know, to allow the use of medicinal marijuana and to allow physicians in that state to recommend it. They never, at the time they were making that legislation, they could have said physicians and veterinarians, big deal, you know, why not? But they didn't because veterinarians like second-class citizens. Nobody thinks about vets as being as important as doctors because people are more important than pets, I guess. So, you know, so what I do now, I speak widely. I travel around the country. I speak to veterinarians about, about cannabis, about THC, about this whole issue. And I suggest that they contact their state legislature and lobby to get veterinarians included in the language, in the legislation, so veterinarians could be part of the conversation to help pets with using THC properly so they're, it, it helps them, it doesn't hurt them. Yeah, because really under the proper guidance, you'll be able, to, if you have those questions, if you, your dog is having even like the slightest reaction, things you can't really Google because Google doesn't have all those answers, you need somebody that's been specialized in it. Exactly. And there aren't very many out there like that. You know, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not being not humble, you know, but that is expertise that, that I've developed, but I'm in a difficult position because I can't really give that advice, you know, to an individual patient. But, but because of the First Amendment, I can write that advice into a book. 
You know, I mean, if they okay. could write, if you could, if you can publish a book about making a bomb, I think you could publish a book about giving THC to a dog. So, uh, yeah. You know, so that's that's what's happening. I'm going to get that out there. The first book I'm I'm going to be completing will be on uh, medicinal mushrooms because I think there's a lot of there's an awful lot of interest in that as well. And then the second one uh, will be on cannabis, but there is information in the book on medicinal mushrooms on how to use THC in dogs. Okay, so for what reasons will we look into integrating herbs and medicinal mushrooms into our pet's diet? Well, we're looking to put them in there in order to pro pro either to promote a healthy, a healthy life, you know, to help um, re increase their resistance to infectious diseases, to strengthen their immune system against the possibility of cancer developing, and, you know, and to function as antioxidants and superfoods just to keep them in the optimal health. These days, everybody's talking about longevity and how, how we can live so long. We can have their animals live long. And these are tools, herbs like cannabis and other herbs, medicinal mushrooms. These are tools we can use, a healthy diet. These are tools we can use to help our pets live longer. Okay, so... What types of medicinal mushrooms do you, are you really talking about since you said not psilocybin, but I know there's a wide variety of those out there. What specific ones do you really deal with? Well, um, full disclosure, I'm chief veterinary officer for a mushroom company called Real Mushrooms. They're a Canadian company and they grow the mushrooms organically and then they process them to extract them to make them most bioavailable and potent. And they have about 10 medicinal mushrooms that they manufacture. And, and every one of these medicinal mushrooms has its own story, is very potent for the things that it's good for. And, um, you know, I can, I'll start talking about a few of them. One, one thing that we're seeing, though, is that with, when it, because there are so many mushrooms that all have really good properties, and, each, and they're very similar in their properties, but also a little different, commonly what we'll see are mushroom blends you know, where they might put together one, two, three, four or five, or even more mushrooms into one formula. That way you get a, a kind of a shotgun approach where you get a little bit of everything that could be helpful. So um, Real Mushrooms has that product, they call it the five defenders. And I'll talk about the five mushrooms that are in it because they've chosen five very, uh, I'll talk about some of the mushrooms in it because they've chosen five of the most potent anti-cancer immune um, modulating herbs out there. One is called reishi, and reishi is probably the, 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 the most well-known mushroom. It's called the mushroom of immortality, and it has so many beneficial properties. It even has antihistaminic properties, so it can be used for animals with allergies. It improves immune system function, which can help you know, to protect it from infectious diseases or cancer, but it also can help the immune system to work better in pets who have allergies. Mushrooms also have really good fiber in them. It's the fiber that feeds the microbiome. The microbiome are the healthy bugs in the bowel that create good health. And so reishi has a lot of properties like that. Um, it also has a calming property. Um, Zen, um, Zen masters would use reishi extracts as a meditation aid. And so that's just one mushroom right there. That's quite a bit right there. 
you know. Then there's turkey tail, and turkey tail has gotten a lot of press lately for its ability to treat cancer. There was a study in dogs that was published last year using turkey tail to treat a very, very nasty kind of cancer in dogs called hemangiosarcoma. And um, it was surprisingly successful and comparable, almost as good as the use of chemotherapy in terms of providing these dogs with better better survival times than when they weren't being given mushrooms or, or chemotherapy. So turkey tail is a very important mushroom. And then the next mushroom in there is a mushroom called chaga. And chaga is found growing on birch trees, looks like a big cancer on the tree itself. And that's what chaga has been very famous for using, uh, for, for use with is for cancer. But chaga like reishi also has antihistaminic properties. So you can also use it with allergies. And then two more mushrooms, maybe, I don't know if you like to eat mushrooms, but one of the most, fa one of the most popular um, edible mushrooms out there is called shiitake. And shiitake mushroom is also in this blend. Shiitake mushroom is one of the most studied mushrooms for cancer as well. So all these mushrooms have these great multiple benefits to them. There's another mushroom called lion's mane. And lion's mane is the most popular mushroom in America today because of its ability to improve memory and to reduce stress. They're even seeing some improvements in, in early Alzheimer's patients when they're given lion's mane. And we've seen it help with some forms of dementia as well. Older dogs get a condition called, um, which is basically senile dementia. And we're seeing that if they're on, if they get lion's mane, it seems to really help them a lot. It can be very calming and relaxing as well. Traditionally, lion's mane was used to help with GI problems and to help prevent GI cancer. So the last mushroom I want to talk about is called cordyceps. And maybe some of your listeners have been watching that movie on um, Netflix, that horror movie about the cordyceps mushroom, because the cordyceps is an interesting mushroom in that its spores will infect caterpillars. And then it and it grows inside the caterpillar oh, wow. and it creates this very powerful mushroom. Well, our company doesn't grow them on caterpillars, thankfully, <laughs> but it, it, it has found a way to grow it on rice. So we're able to get a lot of very high potently potency quality uh, cordyceps mushrooms extract from these um, from these mushrooms grown on um, rice. And cordyceps has been used for um, hundreds of years to help enhance performance of athletes. It helps to improve energy management in the body, helps to improve oxygenation. It also has some pain relieving properties and is known to help regulate um, healthy hormone levels in the body, especially testosterone and estrogen levels. So, you know, mushrooms have a wide variety of applications. I maybe you can see um, how excited I am about them because they just have so much potential to help our pets and you know and to help ourselves too. Yes, you definitely sound very excited about it. The same way I talk about different cannabis strains. Yeah, and it's it's the fact that like I am interested in mushrooms, especially now that I've moved to Colorado. I want to explore that route more because mm -hmm. I've been doing a little bit of research into the benefits it could have for PTSD. Yes. I just don't really know 
where to look necessarily. I've seen like some mushroom products um, in stores that I'm not really sure the credibility of, but they're like a mushroom coffee that had, I believe had lion's mane, reshi, and one other mushroom that I can't remember, but I just was drinking that every day. It was a low caffeine, um, it was like a low caffeine, high uh, milligram of mushroom, like um, balanced out. Mm -hmm. And it was a very nice blend. I just, I, like I said, I don't really know where to look. I've just been well, trying to do more research and find out more about it. Well, Miss, Miss Cadabra, you are um, a neighbor of mine. We're both here in Colorado. Um, I have I have your email. After the show, let me reach out to you. I'd like to get, I'd like to send you some free samples of the uh, of real mushrooms products for you to try because they really they really are the best and and I will say and and I'm I'm biased but this is one reason I'm working for this company because they do such a damn good job um, of of making these high quality highly potent very clean mushrooms um, that not all mushrooms are created the same these days there's a tendency for some companies to not actually grow the mushrooms you know mushrooms have a life cycle and it starts with the spore that's released by the mushroom itself. It grows in the, mush the mushroom cap and then it releases the spore. And the spore will germinate into what's called a hyphal tube that then joins with other hyphal tubes to form the mycelium. And the mycelium is like that, you know, it looks like bread mold. And it's what, gro it's what grows into the environment and digests it because it makes these digestive enzymes that then digests, you know, whatever it's growing on, which is usually like dead wood, you know, or leaf litter or compost. And it, it digests it and nourishes itself. And then when conditions are right, the mycelium turns into a mushroom and creates more spores, which then release the spores to create more mycelium. So some companies are growing the mycelium on grain. And instead of allowing the mushroom to grow from that mycelium, they dry it and they sell the powdered mycelium and grain as a mushroom. And that's commonly what you're going to find in these mushroom drinks that you're drinking. They usually don't use the real mushrooms. That's why we call our company um, Real Mushrooms, because that's what we make is real mushrooms. And all of our products are USDA organic certified. So I will, you know, I will definitely reach out to you afterwards and make sure that you get some samples of our stuff. We even have a hot chocolate with mushrooms in it, which are, which are with real oh. mushrooms in it. And we're working on a, we're not working so much on a coffee as we are on a creamer that contains, that contains, yeah, contains mushrooms as well. I don't know if that's available. It's, it's a product that's is just being developed now. I don't know if it's available, but if it is, I'll see if I can get you some. If not, then the hot chocolate um, and mushrooms would be a, a nice little treat for you. Okay. Yeah. I was just about to ask, I was like, you're talking about um, these mushrooms for pets. And then you said hot chocolate. And I, okay. I don't think I'll give this to my pets. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, this company started eight years ago. And, and the, the mm. parent company for the last 40 years has been cultivating these mushrooms and growing them, but selling them in bulk to other companies. So eight years ago, the, the, it's a father, it's a family company, father and two sons. The two sons started mm. real mushrooms. So they're using all the materials they get from the parent and from their parents company, actually. And, um, in the, and so these last eight years, they've been selling these products to humans. I came to them about 18 months ago 
and I said, because I did this for another company, was with them for 25 years till they were sold. I said, why don't you let me develop a, a pet line for your company? Because I, de I design these products. I know how to put them together and make them into, you know, manufacture them into products. And they said, great. So I've been on board with them creating pet products only for the last 18 months. But for the last eight years, they've all but they've been doing human products. So you're it's a good place for both, really, you know. Okay, okay. So back to the mushrooms and alternative herbs, what is the ideal age, if there is any, to start feeding these to your pets? When I adopted a lab puppy, and I'm kind of a labaholic, I love those guys, um, I got him at um, eight weeks of age. And I, I believe strongly that, that a lot of commercial pet foods are just overly processed and are empty of good quality nutrition and so i recommend so i've been recommending in my practice i'm not in practice anymore but in my 30 years of practice i recommended that people do homemade diets and i would teach them how to do that so i started my puppy right away at eight weeks of age on a diet of raw brown rice raw ground turkey black beans and reishi mushroom altogether. So he was eight weeks of age. So you can start them right away. There was a study in, in Eastern Europe that started with puppies at eight weeks of age and gave them oyster mushroom. And they found that it actually improved their ability to, to maintain protection from their vaccination. So they didn't need to revaccinate them every year. So yeah, yeah. So that's, that's my answer to that question. <laughs> okay. So, um, you mentioned a few different types of mushrooms. Are there specific strains that are more ideal for pets or should I say some that you should more likely stay away from when um, handling your pets? Every mushroom is, is good to use in a pet. The biggest problem with some of the mushrooms might be that they're a little bit strong tasting and some pets may not like them. This mm -hmm. is one reason why the first thing I did when I started the pet line was to put these powders into pet-sized capsules because the capsule protects the mm -hmm. taste. You can't, the pet won't be able to taste it, but they can still get the mushroom. So no, it, it's not quite the same as cannabis. Although I will say that, you know, it was a very easy move for me to go from being an expert in cannabis to becoming an expert in mushrooms because mushrooms are just like cannabis. One of the things I loved about cannabis was that it was a polypharmacy that that every plant had had tens, if not hundreds of molecules in it, many, most of which have beneficial biological activity. And, um, you know, I mean, we talked about the entourage effect. We talk about, you know, the, the, the interaction between the terpenes and, and all the cannabinoids both major and minor and then the flavonoids. And, you know, I mean, it's huge, all those incredible interactions and then all the receptors in the body that all those molecules can interact with it. That's what gives cannabis, such robust activity for so many different things. And when I started learning about mushrooms, I found that it's the same thing, that they have a variety of different compounds in them. And all mushrooms have similar compounds, but each mushroom's a little different. So each mushroom is kind of like a different strain of cannabis as compared to, you know, um, you know, each mushroom itself having different strains within it. So it turns out that, you know, I had to learn everything about cannabis. I thought that was complicated, you know, a hundred different molecules. Turns out each mushroom is its own cannabis. So now I've got to learn like 10 times 10, you know, or a hundred different things for all these, for all these mushrooms. But it's, it's, it keeps me, it keeps me awake at night just thinking about all the possibilities. 
Yeah, I bet. So what are the effects that mushrooms typically have on pets? Well, oftentimes we'll hear that they that the animal just seems happier, that it seems like more playful, that some people will notice that the stools seem to improve or the, the excitable nature of the animal might be a little bit more settled, a little calmer. Some of the effects you're not going to see. You know, like you can't, you can't really see the immune system working better, you know, until the animal gets challenged, you know, with something nasty, you know, and it may never get challenged with something nasty. Hopefully, you know, if it, it you won't know that the immune system is effective for, for stopping the cancer, you know, until it doesn't get cancer. So, but, but for some things like behavior, like um, quality of stools, like even even shiny hair coat or itching, things like that. Those are things that we could potentially see benefits for with the use of mushrooms. Okay. And how does this compare to the effects of cannabis on animals? Well, they're very similar. In fact, I like to use them together. Um, I think that, the, that actually together they work better than either of them alone. We know that there's many receptors in the body that the cannabinoids bind to or the terpenes bind to. And the molecules on the mushrooms also will bind to similar receptors. So we get almost like, I, I, I almost would call it an entourage effect when we blend cannabis with mushrooms. When we talk about the calming effect, you know, like CBD is known to have uh, effects on anxiety. It's an anxiolytic, as is CBG, also an anxiolytic. And the, the acidics also are anxiolytics. Um, one of the things I like about CBD and CBG together is that they work through four different receptor systems for calming. So you get this more profound calming effect without really sedating the animal. Well, when you use a mushroom, like let's say lion's mane, um, which has its own calming effect and has terpenes in it that signal these same receptors that cannabis does, you get an even more profound effect of relaxation. So I typically uh, recommend, you know, the use of CBD with mushrooms if we're talking about calming. I also recommend the use of CBD with certain mushrooms if we're talking about pain management, you know, so, um, and CBD also has benefits for the immune system. So, um, you know, I think that it's it's good when you can combine them. I created a, a soft chew. Now, soft chews are like gummies, but they're for pets and they're not, you know, like like fruit flavors. They're more like, you know, beef, you know, or fish or something, but they're treats and they're, they're, they're dosage form treats. They actually have some 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 actual effect on the animal. I in my own um, website and my own brand of cannabis products, I have soft chews that contain both CBD, CBG, and lion's mane, and cordyceps bone. And we're just seeing really good benefits with this combination of all these mushrooms together in these soft chews. But at the same time, you know, I've got, I've got soft chews with the mushroom company that I've made that have the, the reishi and the lion's mane, but I've got them blended with tryptophan and catnip and valerian and other calming herbs. And those are also very substantially calming. So, you know, it's it's never either or. I think, you know, why throw the baby out with the bathwater when there's so many great tools out there that we can use to help our pets live better, live happier, less pain, less stress, and 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 more fun to be with. Okay. So how greatly does a typical dosage vary depending on the size of your pet? 
Not much, really. Um, generally, when we're talking about wellness, you know, we're talking about a fairly low dose. You know, with our extracts, which are highly concentrated, a wellness dose might be an eighth or a quarter of a teaspoon, you know, for, for small to medium-sized animals. Maybe for a larger animal, it might be half a teaspoon. That's not much. And you only have to give it once a day um, to have to have effects, although to get more effects, you could give it more frequently. So that's not that's not much at all, you know, in term in terms of um, how much you have to give to get an effect. Now, if you've got a pet with cancer, you probably want to give like maybe three times that much to make sure they get a high enough dosage to treat something substantial like that. But um, generally, you don't need much at all to get a good effect. Yeah. Okay. So how do we go about looking for a high quality mushroom product for our pets? Since, like I said earlier, I got my mushroom coffee just at like a random store. Well, I would say the best thing to do is to look online um, at Real Mushrooms. That's realmushrooms.com. And they've got a, a menu item that says pets, you know, click on that. And there's a lot of, we've got a lot of products there under the pet label. We also are very education strong. So once, so we, we, we send out, we, we write a lot of blogs about the use of mushrooms in pets. And I'm writing a, and we write a regular, I write a regular column in a pet magazine called Animal Wellness about mushrooms as well. So we try to be very supportive of the pet parent um, in terms of learning, because it's kind of complicated. There's a lot of different mushrooms and a lot of things to think about. You know, we want to make it simple. You know, and so that's what I'm that's one of the main things I'm doing is creating these educational materials for the pet parent on realmushrooms.com. All right. And that will be linked in the show notes for listeners who are inquisitive about getting some more uh, guides towards integrative health for their own pet. We'll have all of that linked for you just so you can check it out yourself. Would you mind also putting a link to my own website? Because I also sell the Real Mushrooms products there. But I, Real Mushrooms doesn't sell any CBD. But I have, I have, as I mentioned, good CBD products and good mushroom products. And I give advice to customers. So Okay. And what's the name of that website? Just tell it to us real quick. Wellpetdispensary.com. Pretty straightforward. All right. Yeah. Just like it sounds. Wellpetdispensary wellpetdispensary.com and realmushrooms.com. All of that will be linked in the show notes. Beautiful. Thank you. Of course, of course. So this is kind of a broad question, but sure. how do standard pet medicines interact with mushrooms and cannabis? Well, that's a good question. Um, generally, there's very little interaction with mushrooms, period. And I'm actually in the process of working, um, writing a paper on that topic, because we do get a lot of questions about interactions with drugs. CBD has the potential to have interactions with drugs because of its interference with liver metabolism. But what we know, though, is that even though theoretically it could be a problem, in reality, it does not seem to be one. There's several, there's about eight to 10 studies now published in pets. And we're just not seeing any evidence that it is a problem, although we know that it could be. So I don't really worry about the interactions with any of these things. Even if you're using CBD with a pet who's on Prozac, I haven't seen any problems there either. So um, I wouldn't worry about that. It's really not a big concern. Okay. So you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but how does anybody go about finding a holistic vet in their area? Is it even possible? It is. It is. Um, there's you know, not as many holistic vets out there as there are human vets, 
I mean, I'm human vets, vet, conventional vets, and you know, and and different holistic vets, you know, kind of have different ways they do things. You know, some like homeopathy, you know, some like acupuncture, some like chiropractic, some like it all. You know, so um, there is an organization called the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, and that would be A H V M A dot org. And that's a website that you can go to that has a tab that you can click that says find a member. And so there's probably a thousand members of this organization in the United States that are listed there. And so you can you can look by state to find a practitioner who's near you, hopefully. Now, these days, you know, especially with COVID and all, you know, a, a lot of there's a number of vets now that are doing more, you know, remote consulting, um, telemedicine, so to speak. So it may be that you don't necessarily need a veterinarian close to you to be able to help you with some of the problems that you're facing with your pet. So I would go to ahvma.org and see if that helps you find a vet. Um, that you can work with. All right. Hey, yo, it's Cadaver from Smoke to Smoke. I want to give y'all the 411 on a company with great Delta 8 and rare cannabinoid products that can be delivered right to your door. If you're looking for some high-quality rare cannabinoid products, look no further. My boys over at Moonwalker have got you covered. If you're looking for a wide range of quality rare cannabinoid tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even gummy sampler packs for you to try out just a taste of some of their delicious cannabinoid treats before committing to a bottle, check out Moonwalker. And when you go to the site, don't forget to use the code smoke to smoke 420 to save some cash the next time you want to stock up your stash. Again, that's S-M-O-K-E-T-O-S-M-O-K-E-420 to save a little bit off on me. It means a lot. Today is not a regular day. With the introduction of this new series of Smoke to Smoke, instead of our typical smoke break, we'll be taking a dose break. For future episodes that highlight mushrooms, whether they be functional or psychedelic, I'll be reviewing strains of mushrooms that I had the pleasure of being gifted by future guest Oscar of Mycelia Unlimited. For those of you who are unaware, in Colorado with the passing of Proposition 122, the possession and personal use of psychedelic mushrooms has been decriminalized. While they cannot legally be purchased, you can legally be gifted these mushrooms as long as no money changes hands. Today, we'll be talking about mazatepic mushrooms. So if you're ready, let's take a dose break. Mazatepic mushrooms are well known for their unmistakable potency. They are native to Mexico, Central America, and parts of South America and have been used for centuries by indigenous people for spiritual and medicinal purposes. Although the visuals were very mild after the initial onset, the more I wound down and allowed myself to relax, the more the deep blues and purples in my visuals enhanced and blended together in my surroundings like surreal watercolors. 
I felt happy, carefree, and able to go with the flow of my surroundings, although I did find myself to be highly introspective at times. The Mazatepec made me incredibly sleepy as well, especially as the effects got closer and closer to peak. I definitely couldn't see myself microdosing the strain in the mornings because of how much I had to fight to keep my eyes open, and that's already enough of a challenge in the mornings. I didn't notice enhanced flavors from food and didn't get any cravings, but one thing I did notice, which I don't know if it was intentional, like, I don't know if it was an intentional effect of the mushrooms, but I couldn't feel my chronic nagging back pain the entire night. On a final note, I noticed that my thoughts were able to slow down. It gave me time to think through my past experiences and peacefully process my emotions without feeling overwhelmed by racing thoughts or bouts of sadness. It was wildly refreshing to experience. This was certainly an enjoyable experience overall, and I have plenty more fruits to try, so stay tuned for future reviews on the show. Now, let's get back to the episode. Well, before I let you go today, I have some fun questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. All right, so what's your favorite strain? Well... I've been growing for a number of years, maybe the last 10 years. And for the last five years, I've pretty much just grown one strain because I've loved it. This year, I couldn't get it. Um, but it's called Green Crack. And I love sativas. And Green Crack has just been perfect for me. But this year, I couldn't. They, they weren't. They, I, I get my clones in Denver at a place called Legal. And a great, a great place, by the way. And the clones are very high quality genetics, never contaminated with bugs or anything. Their prices went from 35 a clone to 100 a clone wow. um, in, oh, during the pandemic. And so I went, you know, and I'm not really keeping a mother plant and cloning them myself and not really growing by seeds, although I probably should start doing that. So, um, you know, so I bit the bullet and I bought two strains I have because they don't have they they won't have green crack till the end of the summer. So I bought two new strains that that are proprietary strains to their genetics, uh, both sativas, one 31 percent THC, one 26 percent THC. And I'm growing I'm vegging them up right now in my basement. And then we're going to put them out in the ground sometime this month. Hopefully the weather will be good um, to put them in. We try to get them in by Mother's Day if we can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love green crack, but it's been, like you said, it's been a minute since I've seen it, especially since I moved here. I've seen mm. it a lot more in Arkansas, I would say, than so far. That's ah, recent. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wish we had more around here, but uh, they. I'm gonna. what I'm going to do is when they do have it available later in the summer, I will buy one. And what I'm doing with these two clones I bought is I'm going to, just before I plant them, I'm going to clone them. So I'm going to I'm going to have like three different mother plants of clones. So next year I don't have to spend that much money and I'll have some some decent clones to plant. I don't I you know, I don't consume much. I'm just one person. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't I don't sell it, of course. And and so I, st I st actually still have grow not from last year, but from the year before. Oh, wow. um, I know. So so I used to grow like six plants and even more. Now I'm growing two plants. It's plenty. It's plenty for a whole year. <laughs> Yeah, really, six plants, like especially if they have like a high yield on them, that's a lot yeah, of food to go for. It is. I don't. I yeah. What am I going to do with all that? You know? <laughs> Make it's, edibles. And, 
Yeah, well, I, well, I, I like to make um, extractions. I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a chemist, and I, I like to make my alcohol extractions and use those. But there's only so much you can make. I mean, I still have, uh, yeah. I, anyway, yes. Yeah, so I, I, so anyway, that's that's my story. Okay, okay. As far uh, as the string, just out of curiosity, how do you store it and keep it with a nice freshness for that long? You know, um, I just keep them in mason jars. And we have a storage room that has a, you know, a fairly low temperature and it maintains its potency. You know, once they're cured, they kind of create this little seal. They, the, 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 oil, the resins kind of harden around the, the resins that are inside the bud. And so it kind of creates this, this airtight seal. So as long as you keep them, you know, at a cool temperature and you, you don't allow them to be exposed to oxygen, uh, we still, I mean, I'm still getting potency you know, from the plants I grew the year before last. All right. All right. Yeah. I usually don't let anything last that long, but. Yeah. Well, I have so much, you know, it's, that's why I want to, that's why I'm growing less because I don't need so much. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So free up some room, free up some room in the storeroom. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, pick your favorite decade and tell us why. Well, 60s. Um, I'm a product of the 60s. Um, I graduated high school in 67. I was out in California during the summer of love. You know, I'm a 60s, you know, I'm an old 60s guy. All right. All right. Yeah, that, I think that was, my mom was born in the 60s. Yeah, I'm probably older than your mom. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older a lot of people these days, it seems like. <laughs> so next up, are you more productive in the mornings or at night? mornings okay mornings although that has changed i mean I, that i used to be good at nights but i'm finding as i am aging that my biorhythm is changing and i'm better in the mornings oh, i got you okay yeah for me right now i feel way more active after about three o'clock or so i just get that jolt of energy mm -hmm. that's about when i'm ready for a nap ah. <laughs> All right. So next up, how do you normally consume your mushroom meds? Do you prefer capsules, teas, or what? Well, um, I'm taking them in capsules for myself. Um, I also have some powdered mushrooms that I mix in with um, one of my herbal drinks. And uh, But I take them by capsules. I take a lot of mushrooms, and it's just easier for me to just um, choke them down. For my pets, I usually use the powders mixed in with their food. Okay. So how long have you been consuming medicinal mushrooms? Well, um, much more regularly now that I'm working with this company, because there, there really has not mm -hmm. been very good quality products available, but I would say 10 years. Okay. Next up, what's one movie you could watch again and again on repeat? Really? Uh, so, yeah. Um, I guess my favorite movie of all times would be the Humphrey Bogart film, uh, Casablanca. Oh. So I guess I, I, I don't really watch a lot of movies, um, but that would be one that I'm very fond of. Okay. I believe I've seen that movie one time. Play it again, Sam. You played it for her. You can play it for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, what's your favorite breakfast food? Hmm. I'd have to say lox and bagel. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
Finally, from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home how to find and follow you and support you and everything you do online? Well, I'm, I'm still, I'm in the process of increasing my social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be forming a Facebook group soon. But um, my handle is Doc Rob Silver. So I'm, you can find me there on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and YouTube. Um, and I've got a bunch of videos on YouTube that, we, that I've created, informational videos, things like that. I think that would be the best way. Plus, people can reach out to me by email through the website address that I gave you, wellpetdispensary.com. There's a contact form, and um, I, I, heart, I, I answer all the customer service technical questions about products and, and, and pet problems and things. So that's a good place to reach out to me, too. All right. Well, you might get a couple messages from me. I'm pretty inquisitive on this thing since I really want to expand more of my mushroom knowledge now that I'm here. Well, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to give you my direct email as well so you and I can have you know that kind of relationship. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I had such a delightful conversation with you. Me too. Thank you. Of course. And anytime you want to come back, just let us know and we will gladly have you back on if you want to talk about a different aspect of mushroom health. Thank you. That's a great invitation. I will take you up on it. Absolutely. All right. Great. Well, thank well, you. I, of course. Well, I will see you around. You will. Be well. Take care. question you want to ask or submit an idea for a future show, email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmo.com or send me a voice message on Spotify for podcasters. Please be sure to give the show a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, I've got some news and it's big, so gather your friends around. Guess what? Did you know that Smoke to Smoke finally has its own website now? It's been a process a few months in the making, but SmokeToSmokePodcast.com is finally ready for you to check out and get your fill of all things Smoke to Smoke Productions has to offer. All the episodes, my favorite, and even some never-before-seen can of content I've created alongside the classic catalog of Anatomy of a Strange Post. And don't forget to follow the show's socials, smoke to smoke underscore podcast, for the latest updates when the episodes air and glimpses into my Canna adventures and what I might be smoking on that day. The podcast is currently hardcore shadow ban on Instagram, so I've severely nuanced how often I post on there as to not get the account disabled. You know, better safe than sorry. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream. And don't forget to check out realmushrooms.com if you're looking for more information on reliable, high-quality natural mushroom products for you and your four-legged friends. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to check out. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Tuesday.